and welcome to the CBGS podcast. My name is Mr. Armstrong. You have to bear with me a little bit today because I've got a bit of a bit of a poorly throat. <laughs> so I might be a bit crazy. He's always sick, but now he's particularly sick. <laughs> but it's okay because uh, Paul's going to be talking to you lots today. <laughs> Even more than normal. Yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna. Are you right, Paul? How's it going, mate? How's it going, mate? <laughs> How's it going? It's going mate? well, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're all good, sir. We are good. Uh, good to go. We're gonna we're gonna talk um, a little bit today about um, the recent strategy day, strategy day that we had um, at strategy and trading day. You mean at Aztec West? You mean? Yeah, yeah. Up in Bristol. So I believe it went rather well. Um, I think I think it's very beneficial to have these kind of days. So uh, yeah, just the, the 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 kind of reasoning behind it, how it went, and um, and yeah, what what you feel like you you got out of it, um, what the, what your highlights were. But I've got some proper questions. But <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. That was uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an overview. So um, I was going to start with. So we recently had the strategy day for the management in Aspen Weight, and um, how often do you have the days? Really, whenever I think there's a need for one, it's mm. probably the answer. Mm. Um, so last year, uh, about the middle of last year, we all agreed as a group, well, the group that existed then. I mean, one of the one of the great things about um, being the chief executive of Aspen Way is, is the group is always changing. So uh, at one point on Monday, there were 32 people in the room. Oh, wow. Uh, seven of whom had never been to an Aspen Weight day before. Mm, I think it was about twenty on the first one I went to, and I was still thinking, "God, this is a big mix of people." Like, yeah, you know? so we were we were thirty-two, including myself, and I say seven seven people in the room had never been to an Aspen Weight session before. Mm. So that's um, you know quite a good sign of progress, I would suggest. And I think g- generally, you know, without being um, egotistical or arrogant, I obviously have a rather eclectic and vast range of knowledge. Um, and I think more importantly, um, perhaps uh, a spirit and an attitude which is relatively unique. Mm. So um, what may be obvious to me, for instance, or intuitively obvious or instinctively obvious to me, wouldn't be remotely, <coughs> remotely obvious to a non-entrepreneurial person, shall mm. we say, you know? Mm. So we decided as a group that probably uh, in the final 10 big working years of my life that my biggest challenge wasn't really, well, while you know, technical training is important, i.e. You know, the, the, the things that I know, you know about accountancy or tax to pass on, actually what my biggest challenge was more to capture how I sort of think. Does that make sense? Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. You know, so why, for instance, I decided to do a podcast, as yeah. we were discussing just now, at the time, several people thought that was barmy, didn't they? Mm. And now everyone says, well, of course you should. Yeah. Nobody, and in fact, it's become, it's almost like it's gone from being radical to establishment, mm. if, you, if you understand what I mean mm. by that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that was really way out there. Where you, you, I know you're mad, Paul, but this is crazy. Yeah. To mainstream. Mm. That's probably a better way of putting it. It's yeah. a very direct way of getting your message across and, and like you say, yeah. like how you think and... But the reaction at the time, you know, Ross was very um, uncertain, might be. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I can remember saying something in the first podcast. Ha ha, Ross, do you remember that? I said, stuff this up your jumper, mate, or something. You know. <laughs> um, you know, I think he was a bit worried about what 
I or you might say, or me in particular probably, <laughs> being not a very politically correct person. So the podcast would be a very good example of something that I decided to do without any great intellectual or rational plan behind it. Um, and I think there would be, and, and, and for instance, the, the meeting we had recently with uh, Ross, yourself, myself and, and Shane Griffiths would be another example of where there was to some extent a clash mm. between what I could see as obviously, yes, of course we have to do this, and what appeared to be some resistance from you and him. Mm. And I, I know that to some extent that was that was also exacerbated by um, well-meaning lack of perception or perceptions, or whatever you want to call it. So it wasn't actually probably... Uh, the, the difference culturally wasn't like it probably appeared in the meeting, if you know what I mean. It was just like you in particular put your point over in a clumsy way, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, you know, uh, that would be, <coughs> that, that that meeting would be a very, very good example of um, what I'm talking about because um, what happened there effectively is is Shane basically said, "Look, guys, you know, this this is all great, but uh, you know, why are you why are you?" Um, reshaping your website paying homage to other leading professionals mm, mm. I thought you were supposed <clears throat> to be unique yeah yeah and of course as soon as he said that I saw the light and I'm like, yeah you're absolutely right so you know when he said things like you know so your website has to be completely different to anybody else's because that's what you say you are mm. I got that straight away now the difference between me and Ross in particular Ross hugely overcomplicates decisions mm. okay and we, we've had a, we've had a no, jo joke about this before if you remember when we were doing the happy ip brand mm. right instead of what i do is to say right let's look at what carly's done the ip bit was brilliant for instance yeah <coughs> so the ip bit was brilliant so uh it was obvious to me whatever whatever we decided about colors all the rest of it that ip bit had to be in it mm. Mm. right so but despite saying that to Ross, he still wanted to keep messing around with everything. Yeah. So he's changing all the variables all of the time, which yeah. to my mind is a very inefficient and very messy way of going about yeah, it. Like once you've got something. So when Shane said what he said, uh, yeah. I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. Right? I didn't know what it would look like, but when he said your website has to be unique, mm. I, I knew he was right. Mm. Right? And then what Ross did is he. He then may have said, yes, that's right. And then he's worrying about what the content is and all that. Mm. But that's not what that decision is. The base decision was, do you agree your website mustn't look like anybody else's? Yeah. Right? Yes or no. Mm. That's all you had to do at that mm. point in time, right? Um, now, I'm able to do that, right? Which is, which is a, I think, is a, a mixture of excellent decision-making and instinctively knowing what is the right thing to do. Mm. And then if you roll forward, I don't think you were in this meeting, actually. So Ross and I then had a meeting um, last week uh, where he presented some websites that he had found which he thought met my requirements for what our new website was going to look like. And and frankly, it was actually, I don't know, it was almost, I don't know if it, I was going to say embar embarrassing. I don't know if embarrassing is actually the right word, but... Um, because quite frankly, the first three, might even four websites he showed me, were just so far off what I have in my mind. I mean, you were 
you were with me yesterday when we were looking at the green one. Yeah, the group, no, but that's not what I said. So, uh, you were with me yesterday when we were talking about the training room. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, as, I, <laughs> as I said in that meeting, I said, I don't know what the room is going to look like, mm. but I know what it's not going to look like. Do mm. you see what I mean? I know what I don't want in it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what happened with Ross is Ross is showing me all these websites and they don't look remotely like I was expecting. Mm. And then, um, I can't remember if, if uh, he, he deliberately did this, we went, I think it was the fifth one we looked at, and I looked at it and I went, yeah. Yeah, that's the one. This is the one. Yeah. Yeah. And then what we did is we then took, effectively, I said to Ross, right, what, what, what I want you to do, I want us to show, the first thing we do on Monday at the strategy and training day, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to present this website to see if people are comfortable with what it looks like. Mm. So just to summarize, um, so this is a, a free free pool lesson in how a website should look, in my opinion, okay? So full of impact, visually splendid, excellent colors, minimalistic, i.e. as little content as possible, no boxes, no lists, mm. no stock photos. Mm. Okay, that was my that was my bible. Right, mm. whatever we did had to have all of those features. Okay, uh, and also I think other things I think are very important um, in marketing, which I've I've talked about in previous podcasts, are, are words like consistency. Mm. So we 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 already have uh, very powerful images and colors. Yeah. So for instance, you know, Carly has come up with. Uh, our, our range of corporate colors depending on the function we have red for sales and marketing uh, we have so i tend to be purple uh i think r d is orange yeah like ready orange and then we've got we've got like a teal color we've got dark blue a light blue a green and so on and so forth so uh so to me therefore if that's what we're using those colors also have to be on our website mm -hmm. we have two i would suggest two very powerful icons or messages you know pictorial images that we use a lot one is the climbers which i think everyone finds inspiring mm -hmm. and the second one is the emojis of the happy faces <clears throat> you know very different sort of message so it seemed to me you know that incorporating perhaps the climbing the climbing people into the new website in a, perhaps a cartoon fashion for instance would be a way to go mm. So uh, I asked Ross to take uh, that the concept of the fifth website, the one that I liked, and to aspirateize it, so to put in pioneering and all our values, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we presented it on Monday, and it went down the storm. Mm. Uh, I was absolutely staggered. Every single person in the room loved it, mm. which really surprised me, actually. I was expecting... Over the day, I was expecting probably two to three people to be casualties of the day. If you understand what I mean by that, you know, not to buy in culturally uh, to what we were we were saying. And in fact, um, you know, people that you wouldn't necessarily associate with getting super excited, um, perhaps Monica and Gary. You know, so no, no disrespect uh, to either of them in saying that because I love you both dearly. You know, I think you know Monica was just like totally blown away by the website um, and so I was I was thrilled because I sat there and I thought 
because even I don't know if I don't know if you can relate to this, Drew. Um, it probably would be in your world. It would be like you doing something with your guitar, which wasn't planned, and then the reaction to that was wonderful. Mm, mm. You know, you think oh, people aren't really going to like that. As like, well, oh, perhaps well, it was So it wasn't. It wasn't so much. It wasn't so much. I'm not. It wasn't perhaps as negative as that. But um, to to have been as you know to have been as plain speaking and insistent as I have been about what our website looks like to to basically eventually I think get my main marketing man to understand because I think he is fully on board now mm, was, mm. you know um, and the fact is that what was presented on Monday was a genuine collaboration between him and me yeah I, I, I don't have the skills yeah. to produce that and he doesn't have the imagination to have produced that. Yeah. So Putting it we, together. En- we end up with the best of mm. Paul and Ross together. And obviously, to some extent, it'd be wrong to say, even at my age and after many, you know, hopefully many achievements and successes, that I, I wasn't thrilled that I was vindicated. Because I feel like I can turn around to look you in the eye and say, look, you know, you know, I might have said F-U-C-K to you a lot three weeks ago, you and Ross. But actually, you can see I was right because mm. you've ended up producing something special, yeah. which has been regarded as special. It's easy a lot of the time to like get caught up in like tried and tested ways or things that are actually that, that, that have been proven to like to work or be good, and and it, and it can be hard because you want it. You always want to go to them for inspiration or for oh that works, so we got to do something like that. But yeah, something fresh and new is is always going to have more impact, you know. But but it's harder to it's harder to do because like you say you've got to create something you've got to create the ideas you know you've got to create the. Um, but anyone can say no, thing. but trying to say yes is much harder, isn't it? Yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he likes that one. Yeah. <laughs> so to answer your question properly, so the major objective of mine for our day on Monday, yeah, um, was uh, I tried to summarise this as best as I can. So, I totally get now more than I've ever got. So more than I would have would have got four weeks ago. That effectively, what our business is about is about offering a complete, a complete service, a suite, a complete suite of services to people based on a very people friendly approach. Mm-hmm. So people servicing people, people who get people. And that service is delivered in a very personal way. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, if you wanted to try to explain that in a more mainstream fashion, you might say services that the big four firms offer, but making them available to everyone in a very hands-on, personal, interfacing way. Mm-hmm. So, what I wanted to achieve on Monday was to say, look. We are like nobody else. We are like nobody else. We are different. We are unique. You all need to understand that. If you don't understand that, then we're going to have a problem. Embrace it. So my, my um, I think what I actually said was, was that you guys need to understand, if this is an analogy, I'm selling apples. Mm-hmm. I'm not selling pears or oranges. If you want to go and sell pears and oranges, you're in the wrong shop. Because mm. I'm not going to sell anything other than apples. Mm-hmm. That was my that was my my point, you know. And I went away at five o'clock, believing that all thirty one people wanted to sell apples. 
Awesome. Which was a tremendous feeling. Yeah, and that was kind of my next question, like um, like how successful it was in bringing everyone into alignment and, and sharing, you know? Because like, I think that's another, a very key uh, reason for the days. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I think, um, you know, so uh, if we look at who was in the room, so we had, we had um, obviously, uh, not just all Aspen Weight employed people, we had... Um, people that you would call trusted partners. So, um, Coda IP, um, Cresco Innovation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and and actually brand new, very hot off the press uh, members of our network. Um, Professor Garth Allen and um, Andy Marshall, for instance. Um, so, you know, as Andy said, I think actually during the meeting and afterwards in his email to me, where he thanked me for the meeting, he said... You know, very few people, if anybody, would have invited people like them into a day like that. Mm-hmm. But I think, and in fact, uh, when I, I saw Garth again on Wednesday, and he said to me, which is a huge accolade considering his vast international experience over many, many years, he said, you're the only person I've ever met who could have put 31 such different people in a room together mm. and made it all work mm. you know so although they're all very different you know you've got corporate financiers uh ip lawyers um in andy's case uh a guy who's expert in mending holes in the ground you know oh, okay. holes in tunnels and things um education people international people you know you know the old accountant um engineers uh united by one common philosophy which is united by a passion for people and business mm. so you know that's probably my greatest achievement is that I've managed well you would be a good example know nothing about accountancy or whatever come into Aspen Weight and actually added considerable value haven't you mm. um, and, and 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 I think also <clears throat> be true to say your level of understanding is pretty good you know you understand what we do very well so um, so the reason in um, bringing in uh, say like colour IP and everything into that strategy jail or people outside of aspen weight um would, would how, how did you find that like what was what was the key reasoning behind to, to like bring them in was it to bring them align in alignment with uh, with what we were doing so they have more of an idea of the aspen weight way or well the i think the best way to um to answer that is so uh it's, it's a core thing so we offer a complete service we are not we have chosen, it probably is better than saying we are not able. We have chosen in key areas where we believe that real top of the market expertise is required and it is not realistic to expect us to buy that in under our own control or take the time to grow a department of our own. We have chosen to work with people we trust mm. um, who can do the things that we can't do. So, to my mind, um, say Sandro Forte talking to a client of mine about um, an ISA or a, you know a, a long-term pension strategy. Mm. So Sandro Forte is a financial advisor, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So that's no different to getting Julie Kingham to do the inheritance tax planning. Mm-hmm. Julie Kingham works for Aspenweight. Sandro Forte is a trusted partner of Aspenweight. But the pro- in the process of the whole client, they are no different. So therefore, 
it is absolutely essential that people who are our partners are fully involved in the process. In particular, as well, on Monday, we also we had obviously um, the launch of our new partnership with Thornton's Travel in Bristol. Oh yeah. So the very uh, Sarah, who's a fantastic girl, um, did a very enthusiastically nervous presentation, is how mm-hmm. I would put it. Um, but you know, it, it was difficult. It, it was it, no one went away not capturing the passion she has for her business and the genuine quality. So it's very important for people. To, so that was the, that was the birth of that relationship, you like. Mm. So you know, I wanted <clears throat> I wanted everyone to be there when that was, and probably uh, even possibly more importantly, strategically. Um, uh, Monday saw the, the the launch, if you like, in public of Aspen White Corporate Finance, mm. which is a momentous day for me, uh, and probably marks the true arrival of Aspen White in a, in a com- as a complete professional offering that can only be respected by our peers. Mm. So uh, Perry did a wonderful job, as I said to him yesterday on the phone. He's, he's sort of beautifully understated. Perry is. But you're left in no doubt as to his professionalism and his wisdom and his knowledge. So he put over the corporate finance offering in a very good way. I think everyone bought into it. Um, and I think because because corporate finance is so relevant, clearly uh, corporate finance goes hand in hand with, for instance, Joe Darbyshire's offering with grant funding. So again, that's why all the different people... I basically, you know, don't sit down. I, I, I make a judgment as to whether I'm going to invite somebody and whether I think they would a enjoy it, and secondly that they would add value by being there. Mm. Sometimes, you know, uh, I'm not saying that, for instance, that having Andy and Garth there was. I was sitting there thinking, beyond all doubt, this is going to work. So, you know, when Andy in particular said, "This is a great day." There's an element of relief. Yeah. Relief's probably the yeah. wrong word, but you know, because I didn't want to waste his time and him sitting there thinking, "Oh God, well, I hear this is boring or it's mm. not relevant." But actually, everyone thought it was relevant and very, very mm. exciting. So, what were, what were some of your highlights uh, from from the other speakers that you uh, that you enjoyed or that were? Well, I think, as I say, I think you know, Sarah managed to get over um, her passion for travel in a in a very in a very good way for a novice speaker um, and uh, we also talked about launching um, you know a wider service like a concierge service which will tie in with various other things that we do um, so that was really good Perry did a fabulous job of um, introducing corporate finance I think in a way that people could understand which is which is very important you know one of the things one of the things that um, I pointed out uh, on Monday uh, Monica was particularly guilty of this so I'll, I'll repeat some of the words that she used she was talking about things like senior debt subordinated debt now of course I understand what that means would you know what that meant? Nope so it, it, it's a bit of a it's, it's quite off-putting I would suggest um, if I was to sit in a room with you and you started getting all geeky with me musically and start talking in an I don't know what you're talking about you're sort of alienating me and what happens is it makes this is what a lot of people do. They they tend to make what they do look more difficult than it is. Uh, it's almost like a form of self promotion and justification. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for instance, have a reputation for talking in a manner that people can understand. So I 
I actually dumb down my knowledge, if you like. Yeah. So I don't sit there and go, actually, I'm the cleverest economist in the world. What I try to do is to talk to you in, in a way that you can understand. That, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I try to, to do that. So, you know, one of the things I pointed out is what I wanted our corporate finance business to do was not to talk in language that people like Tony Morris, Chris Davis, Rona, Jono uh, felt alienated by. So don't use, you know, don't use the word senior debt subordinate. Use the words that explain what that means. Do you see what I mean? So, so that was that was um, that was. That seems like a toughie because you can imagine that um, you know, use, using those words, especially in your literature or, or say your website and things like that, that will kind of prove your knowledge of that subject. But like you say, it alienates people. So maybe potential customers and people that actually need this information might switch off from it because um, they don't understand those words. If you know what I mean. So even as like a marketing thing, like I can imagine. You know, putting it out in a way that's more open to everybody. Well, no, I think you know you might you might put on your website, for instance. Yeah. You know, we 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 are, we are experts. In, you might put subordinated debt, senior debt, mezzanine finance. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't necessarily then go and explain on your website what they all meant. What what you do need to explain to people though is is for instance, you know, taking mezzanine finance. You might you know you might. Uh, when you were talking to a client, talk about layered finance. Instead of right. using that word, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. you need different layers of finance. Um, mm. You know, some expensive, some less expensive. Yeah, talk about risk, how risk affects that. You know, all this sort of stuff. So it's just you know, just coming back to the basic pro- principles of our business, which is offering as much as we can to everyone <coughs> in a manner that is as easily understood as it can be, and of course. You know, at the end of the day, if our if our if our corporate finance business is going to be as successful as I know it can be, it's only going to do that if all the business development managers understand what it is we can do. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, they're just not going to try and sell it, are they? You see what I mean? Yeah. So, um, Mark Henry did a very interesting presentation on regeneration and innovation hubs. Oh yeah. Um, which um, you know uh, again went down very well. Mark again has got a, you know, quite a calm sort of um, non-hysterical way of presenting. Um, assured might be a word, composed, uh, assured, you know, um, comfortable those sort of words. Um, so I think he, you know, he managed to talk about quite a an expansive and futuristic future. If that's not, if you can say a futuristic future, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking at what's going to come along, you know, well, now it's happening now and in, in the next in the next month, few months and years, technologically and you know what sort of how we're going to run our innovation hubs and such. So that was that was that was really really good. Uh, Darren did a Darren Horn or one Darren as we call him mm-hmm. uh, did a, a very interesting cameo um, in the afternoon. Uh, where he highlighted the very, very real uh, Chinese opportunities, which were, um, which are amazing to us, and I think mm. that that went down very well. So, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, it's always probably with me. I always probably try to achieve too much rather than not enough. Mm. Um, you know, so the, the scope of the day is vast. Yeah, and I think um, like it's 
doing a day like that um, you, you can get a lot of emails and you can got, get a lot of information when you're sitting behind your desk about these different opportunities and everything but when you're in a room full of people and you've got someone there explaining it to you in a real way it just lands so much so much more with like you know you understand it so much more so I think um, you know because I, I know about the opportunity in China and and the innovation hubs from Mark and that but when, you, when you're actually sitting there and listening to someone explain it I think it's a really way of getting everyone into cohesion and actually understanding yeah. those bits that they wouldn't understand so well just from reading something you know so it's um yeah well, so there's no there's no substitute for face-to-face communication yeah and i think yeah obviously we have a lot of people uh across a very wide area so yeah. if you think people in the room on monday we had uh someone from perth mm. someone from pembroke someone from essex someone mm. from london someone from kent mm. Um, you know, we're talking about very, you know, very. And you've got, you know, people coming up from so what? So Garth, Totnes, yeah. You know, Totnes to Bristol is not exactly uh, a two-minute no. journey, but it's nothing compared to some of the journeys some of the other people had. Mm. So it makes me think as well. Like you, you, you'll cherish the opportunity more for everyone being together sure. in oh, the you same room. Use our word of the week. Just, it, just, it, just came, yeah. it just came up in my head then. Like you know, you have got people from all over the place that are taking that opportunity to come down and connect and collaborate with each other. It makes for a mm-hmm. well, perhaps you know, you could use the word reminder. It's a, people. You've got lots of great people uh, over a vast geographical area, mm-hmm. and I think it's important as often as you can to put all those people together to yeah. remind them they are part of this mm. greater collective. Yeah. You know, like we are a great ant colony. Mm. And it doesn't matter where the worker ants and the king ants are. Uh, the ant colony still works and it's interdependent, interlinked, mm. you know, all those sort of things, you know. Yeah, and that's it. And like putting this out to other businesses and things like that, it's just to, just to kind of... Uh, like a show that that really does work like um you know then you when you when you kind of bring everyone together like that it's a it's a really positive way of of aligning everyone and yeah absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. um so a little bit of advice now paul really with, uh, on, on being on being because dis- this is it's quite a disruptive way of doing things disruptive um, like that yeah like you know <clears throat> the, say, say the kind of people that were invited to this meeting mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's something that businesses struggle with a lot. Um, Which like being being disruptive, having disruptive ideas. Mm-hmm. So it's um, a little bit of advice on how 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 like companies can differentiate themselves or come up with these new ideas. Like how do you find it? Because you come up, you 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 get naturally get a lot of ideas. Um, but but yeah, it's it's I think it's a very tough one for businesses. So. Or people generally. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking about our website in that as well. And um, we recently, like you mentioned in this podcast, about Shane. Um, Love Shane. Yeah. He was there on Monday, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a very. It seemed like for us, like a very good way of getting some fresh perspective and like an outside looking in kind of view. Yeah. Um, to to kind of get and that and that and it gave us this spark to to kind of create something new. So. Um, would you say that getting outside perspective in your businesses sometimes is a, is a good way of of? Um... Well, well, the answer has to be yes, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's a very hard question to answer. You know what you've just said because, um, I mean, obviously, you know, as you rightly say, you know, I have I have a huge number of ideas mm. all the time, and pretty much, I'm mean, gonna have 
a pretty good idea of what's going to happen, you know, tomorrow, six months, a year, ten years. You know, I have some. You know, I could stand up and talk about that. You know, uh, and I'm, you know, and I have a, a, a view in my mind as to what's, you know, going to happen. So, you know, things like having holographic, uh, you know, holographic images, everything, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. I am naturally disruptive. You know, arguably the most disruptive person in my sector. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching someone who isn't naturally disruptive. I mean, let's take. You know, sorry, I keep picking on Ross, but. So Ross, Ross is a very accomplished marketing professional. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as a as a person executing a vision, he is fantastic. However, if you said to me, "Do I think he could deliver a vision?" I don't think he could. Do you agree with that? Mm. He could deliver. Uh, no, I see in the office like um, say sometimes when I'm like stuck for ideas or something like poof like Ross can list off about six or seven like bullet points of things you could say in that situation and I always think Christ where did that come from like you know and um, that's always always surprised me like I think he's got a creative mind in that way if you know what I mean well I think so so, uh, I have to be very careful what I say now so um, to make my point because um so, Ross is a very accomplished professional marketeer. So, if if you say to him, uh, so if, if you came to him and you were a transport company and you wanted to have a very accomplished uh, website for a haulage company, Ross would be able to produce a very high-quality website. I don't think Ross could produce a disruptive haulage website. That's my point. Mm. So when you are doing your thingy and he comes up with these points, that's not the same thing as what I'm saying, mm. right? Uh, I can sit down with Ross. As I said, the website we produced on Monday, I would nowhere, I, I wouldn't be able to do it because I, I don't have uh, the skills necessary to do that. Mm. But I don't believe that Ross would ever have got anywhere near that without me. Mm. Nowhere near. So, so, so it's almost like this. This, if you haven't got someone who's got like a disruptive uh, mindset, and then you, uh, but so it's almost like bringing people together for those collaborations to make that happen. That's that's a way that businesses could do it, rather than uh, relying on you know, everyone's minds do work differently. So that means you have to bring people together in kind of collaborative efforts to make it. Uh... The thing that came into my mind when you first. So it's always a good thing. When I when you mentioned you know and the first thing that I thought about you know when I was thinking about you know the very difficult question about how do non-disruptive people try to disrupt mm. that's really what you're saying yeah yeah right so the best start is to talk to other people mm-hmm. number one talk to other people open your mouth talk to other people it could be a bank manager or you know your friend you know whoever it is you like to talk to um, I find even talking to another person and the other person saying nothing back I get something out of it yeah because just speaking helps you gain perspective sometimes you think oh yeah, I see, your yeah brain. I see now you know which is so weird. I would say number one talk to as many as I have you know so I, I talk to lots of people you know yeah. um, so share ideas don't be afraid that's one of the things mm. but one of the things um, uh, one of the words I used a lot on Monday um, about uh things like um, because one of the things we're also talking about was what what is the Aspen Weight Way 
So the Aspen Wake way is doing business right. What does that mean? So it means always trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Even when it's hard to do the right thing, always maintain your integrity. Yeah, so the right thing isn't always the easiest thing. No, so the words I'm going to use now is courage. Yeah. So I would say the thing that I most like about myself is I would say I have courage. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, is almost like I don't care you 31 people, how loony you think I am. I believe this website is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah? And I've got the courage to present this to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And as I said, you know, people, people may not necessarily think this. Clearly, uh, the reaction was incredibly brilliant. You know, the fact that... So it doesn't mean, you know, I'm not... It doesn't go with... That, that attitude doesn't go with arrogance. I'm not saying I believe I'm right. So... One of the other things, so I said, so talking other people and then sharing. So I obviously believe that I'm right, you know. So we've got a Shane Griffiths, Paul Waite, Drew Ross thing going on, trying to bring Carly into the mix so that she's thinking along the same line. And we get somewhere together where we produce this fantastic website. I don't then turn around and launch it. I don't turn around to everyone else and say, "Hey, everyone, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna disenfranchise you." We turn around and say, "Here, this is what we think. What do you think?" Mm-hmm. Democracy at play. True democracy at play. Okay. So all the people that have, you know, who are involved stakeholders, if you want to use that word, all the stakeholders of Aspen Way can say, "Pull that crap." Mm-hmm hate the colours hate this they didn't did they no but the fact is that's so that's that's so we shared didn't we we shared our idea we were willing to listen mm. so I think if you look at um, the rebranding of Aspen Weight that happened two and a bit years ago uh, a, a conscious decision was made to leave me out of the entire process so I had no idea um, what Carly in particular was thinking about uh, and literally we had a day uh, where I think they were probably quite nervous and Carly and Ross took me into the meeting room and they presented the suggested new brand to me with some degree of trepidation mm-hmm. and I looked at it and I, I, I think I said actually I can't think of any reason not to like this so I didn't say yes I love it mm. I said the opposite so it was like a double negative affirmation <laughs> if you like Obviously, uh, now, with the benefit of, of, of time looking back, I think it's absolutely magnificent. But the thing is, is if you look at what did I do there, I took myself out of the mix, didn't I? Mm. So I didn't say, hey, look, I'm the creative force behind Aspen Way. I need to do this. Me doing it wasn't the right thing. Mm. Mm. So what your point about objectivity and bringing other people in is, is well made. Because in that time, in that space, getting me to do it, I had I was emotionally attached to yeah, the previous brand. Yeah. I was too involved in the purple and all the stuff that mm-hmm. went with it. So it needed someone else to say, "Look, Paul, we're doing this for your own good. We actually understand what you're doing better than you do, almost. Mm. So we're going to we're going to give you this new, fresh idea." I wouldn't have been able to do that. You know, one of the analogies I use is. You can't expect me to score all the goals and save all the goals. Mm, mm. Do, do you see what I mean? So I've got, I've got to be allowed to score the goals yeah. without worrying about what's happening down the other end of the pitch. Mm-hmm. That would be my analogy. Mm-hmm. You know? mm. So so obviously um, 
people sharing collaboration courage uh being prepared to listen to the views of other people being prepared to change mm. you know the color's always been blue but it's the wrong color mm. you know change it to green or whatever you know actually having that mindset you know my that's mindset is i always want to do what's best for us but wait genuinely yeah. not what is best for me obviously i don't like it sometimes mm. when i realize that, mm. that but mm. you know that 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 that's the point i think Mm, yeah, it all, all, it's all. It seems to me it's like always having that wider perspective, like you say. What's best for Aspen Weight? What's best for the, for the collective? Then, if you put if you put your mind there, then it's going to um, make it easier to accept changes that may be hard personally because you're emotionally attached yeah, to absolutely. something. You know, I think the other point, which is very important, is is putting your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, we have uh, we have a situation where we have. Um, a massively, you know, we have a huge, uh, a huge amount of work in the marketing department. The marketing department struggles sometimes to keep up with it. So I'm not getting the service myself that I want, and customers aren't. So, um, you know, I have this, I have this vision of being uh, the best firm of business advisors in the country. So. When I perceived, you know, like recently, that the website wasn't remotely looking like it, like what we were, mm-hmm. uh, and it needed to be overhauled, um, I then put my money where my mouth is because I've bought Shane in, yeah, you know, on a contract to add value to us. We've 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 got Kim Stanton joining the marketing team next week, so I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm not saying one thing and doing another. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so. One of the obvious things to do, other than all the other things I've mentioned about people who are looking to disrupt, is if you can't disrupt yourself, find someone that can. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Don't be afraid to bring someone in to shake it up a bit. <laughs> and also, you know, I, mean, I think, you know, if it, just reading and, and looking what's going on. I mean, I don't think there's any enlightened accountant. Uh, a dangerous thing to put together enlightened <laughs> and accountant in the same, in the same sentence um, who wouldn't agree that the profession is moving towards uh, digital based that was lovely sorry uh, is it moving towards a digital based uh, solution future um, a more advisory based future cloud based future all those things so even if you weren't a dis- disruptive type of accountant, I think you would be foolish not to sit there thinking. So I spoke to a guy yesterday that hopefully will be an accountancy partner of ours. Wouldn't be right to mention him, but um, you know, I looked on his website before I spoke to him, and you know, it, it, it's a nice, a nice little business with some clearly good core values. Mm-hmm. So I was able to say to the guy, "I, I bring on your website. I like the overall." thrust of where you're going he gets it yeah it's, it's all proportionate mm-hmm. so he's he's got a very nicely expanding business he's got uh, a clear message and he understands his business needs to change so he said to me no I understand I, I need to offer more services I need to be more advisory based you know uh, but the overall feeling you get when you look on his website is of nothing's too much trouble mm-hmm. nothing's too much trouble the customer comes first I'm not discriminating against people, you know. So this is quite a quiet, more traditional chart of the accountant. But 
he can see the sort of way he needs to go. Mm-hmm. He's not doing it um, as, as massively or, or disruptively as me, but he's moving in the right direction. Do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be. That's why I always have I always have a bit of short thrift with with accountants and people that say they're not marketeers or you know you can't expect me to get a client because I'm no good at it. Well, you know, my experience tells me that's bunkum. Mm. You know, anybody, we've all got different skills. Uh, We can all go about getting clients and doing things in a different way, you know. Mm. Um, And it's really a case of knowing yourself and finding a manner of doing that which works for you, I would suggest. Mm. Mm. That's a a good point, you know, Mm. about disrupting. I think certainly when I do my next keynote speech, I'm going to talk all about this mm. the whole speech is going to be about disruption how to disrupt the market oh wow well I'm, I'm kind of glad the way that this has kind of flowed into that really <laughs> it's like yeah because it's a very very important point and I think the, 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 the whole way the strategy day run and everything it's, it's an example of that and it's beneficial it'll be beneficial for businesses to look at ways that they can disrupt them disrupt themselves disrupt their, their own kind of methods and that to bring new things into yeah, the way that you yeah. do things. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know what <laughs> Bit I'm of disruption. <laughs> Great word, isn't it? Yeah, I had a, I had another little section of the podcast. I don't know how how long have we got. We're we're at nine oh one. You got got <laughs> you got to be shooting off soon. But I was going to talk a little bit about regulation. Um, regulation. Regulation. Okay. And uh, being being a regulated business. Yeah. Um. And how how hard the process was for Aspen Weight and um. How how benefit like the benefits of the of this if if uh, if, well, if benefits we regulators yeah and if, if we got listeners who are who are smaller firms or um, and they're looking at I don't know is it a process that you would go through to become regulated um, what the benefits well I think uh, I'm obviously you know uh, you're asking the question as a non professional person yeah. <laughs> so I think the the the, the, the truthful um, pub room answer to your point is you don't really have any choice oh yeah if I want to be a chartered accountant I have to yeah yeah I have to ask the chartered accountant you know I have to say hey say for instance when Aspen Weight was was formed I had to write to the Institute of Chartered Accountants and say I'm setting up this business called Aspen Weight Uh, I want to apply to be a firm of auditors Mm. I want to do I want to do investment business class two or whatever they obviously assess you and they say, yes, okay, you can. Mm. Yeah. So, for instance, let's take auditing as a... So, obviously, not all... Have you appreciate this? So, you have to be regulated, a regulator firm of auditors, auditors to audit. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, and, in fact, many smaller firms increasingly are choosing not to audit. Because so they don't have to do that. When I, so, when... When, when, um, when I started out in Aspenway, every single company needed an audit mm. every one mm. even if you turned over nothing yeah. whereas now obviously you've got to be turning over like £10 million pounds oh, to okay. have an audit so massive change in the accounting mm. profession in my 25 years in Aspen Way so uh, I choose to continue to be an auditor because I believe not to be seen to be an auditor is contrary to my message of yeah. being able to do everything yeah. does that make sense yeah, for sure. and I would never want to sit in front of a large customer and say I can't do that mm. you know but you say that but there are people in Aspen Way who don't think we should be auditors mm. you know, it would be wrong to say that 
every single person I spoke with would agree with that as readily as you do. Mm. Um, to me, uh, it's, it's a non-negotiable point. I wouldn't care if we only had one audit. I would still want to audit mm -hmm. because I believe actually we'll end up with loads of audits. I really believe that with every fibre of my body. In fact, one of the things that surprises me is is actually that the we haven't picked up more audit business. So our audit business today is smaller than it was three years ago, mm. uh, despite our massive growth. But I do believe that that is a timing issue. You know? mm. And I suppose if it's if it's low, less uh, only above ten million as well, it's it's a, it's a, it's a certain type of client that's going to need those. So if you're working well, so with a smaller companies, I don't, know, I don't know how many businesses in the UK require an audit, but you know it would be probably below five percent. Yeah. You know, probably le less than that actually. So just to answer your question properly, so if I choose to be a firm of auditors, I have to accept what goes with that. What does that entail? It's very so quite a, a lot of process, admin mm. and bureaucracy. So obviously we have to have quality control standards. We have to make sure that our work is done to a to white standard. It's properly reviewed. It's properly signed off. Uh, the reporting... Uh, is done properly. If there are problems, you actually say there's a problem. Do it. You know, deal with those problems properly. Um, you have to have an internal process of reviewing and being. You have to be able to show the institute that you've done that. Then you get a visit every few years by an institute inspector who basically pulls your systems apart. Mm. And we have in the past been in naughty boys class, for instance, yeah. um, as I would call it. Um, which means then they impose an even higher level on you. Uh, how we've dealt with that, because audit is so important to me, is we now voluntarily have uh, a relationship with an expert uh, quality control auditor, if you like, who basically um, carries out what we call cold and hot file reviews of our work mm. and then tells us, you know, frankly, this is shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm. Um, and obviously that's very important because it demonstrates to the institute that you know we're we're not just paying lip service to it. Mm -hmm. So I think the answer is you know if you want you know same thing with investment business advice you know um, I don't really see how you could be uh, a proper advisor and not have any uh, registration or ability to offer some degree of investment advice. You know, we don't have the fullest level of authority, and that would be, for instance, you know, to have the fullest level of authority, I would turn around a client and say, I don't think you should buy stock in S&G, but you should buy stock in B&A. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we're not allowed to do that, but we can say, you know, things like um, investing in pensions is a good thing. Mm -hmm. If you invest in pension, that gives you tax relief of this. I'm not saying necessarily... So you wouldn't say what the best pension scheme was. Mm. So you wouldn't say, uh, I recommend you go and use Farmers Mutual or something, mm. you know, or NFU Mutual, whatever they're called. They're the best, because you're not allowed to do that. We're not allowed to do that. We've got the second class of, of, of authorization, which allows us to give general right, okay. advice, you know? Okay, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so, so can you, can you, can you um, go up to the level yeah. where you can do that? You can, right? Yeah, in fact, obviously one of the things which... Uh, probably is going to happen in the next few weeks is uh, it's very likely that Aspermite Corporate Finance will be regulated by the FCA mm. which is an even probably an even higher level of regulation than the ICAW so that pretty much you know that's that's like as high as it gets 
obviously one of the prices to pay with that is um, you know our standards will have to be even higher because the repercussions of not meeting the standards of the FCA are considerable I can assure you mm. you know mm. so you're also looking at prison yeah. massive fines you know that sort of thing and that sort of thing is very important to me at the moment you know because obviously um, as a professional person um, the repercussions to me of people not doing things properly are are, are considerable you know mm. Mm. yeah even more important to get everyone in alignment with all of that Awesome. Is that your regulation for you? Yeah, yeah. I think we could delve deeper into that, but that's for another podcast yeah, episode. Boring, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what tune you got this week, sir? What have you been listening to? Um, yeah, so the two don't necessarily all go together. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I, 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 we have, we'll have to play um, next week, probably. Um, I listened to um, Judith by The Perfect Circle, The Perfect oh, Circle yeah. last night. Oh, wow. <laughs> Obviously, you and Callum would prefer that, mm. probably. Um, yes, I, I really enjoyed listening to that again uh, last night. Um, probably, for, I don't, for whatever reason, um, I tend to find, I don't know about uh, listeners, but uh, I have days where I'm very preoccupied and I don't like to listen to music at all. Mm, mm. You know, So I drive in my car in silence. Yeah. And I get other days where music is important to me. It picks me up or whatever, you know. So... Um, as, as as people know, you know, I've been listening to a lot of sixties music recently. Um, this week, uh, not been listening to a lot of music, but I have been listening to uh, a band that I discovered a few years ago uh, that I really like. It's a little bit different to uh, some of the stuff we've been playing recently, but uh, there's a group called the Sneaker Pimps, um, mm. who I think were around in the sort of mid nineties. And uh, they've got two, two, two uh, really, really good songs. Um, one's called Underground, although why it's not called Overground, I don't know, because she says Overground more than Underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, which I recommend you listen to, is called Spin Spin Sugar, which actually I hadn't really realised this until uh, Callum uh, was in the room with us yesterday, and um, or it might have been Emily who said it actually that it sounded quite garb like garbage. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really realised that before, <laughs> and I think it does actually. That's the so, band, not not not, uh, not not rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so um, I think Spin Spin Sugar in particular does sound a bit like a homage to Garbage, but more chilled and funky, I would say. Um, so we're going to play um, Underground by the Sneaker Pimps today, which I think is a beautiful track. Actually, um, I find it quite moving and, uh, and it's really mellow and a bit out there, you know. Um, what I find, I didn't really know a lot about the Sneaker Pimps. Uh, until yesterday so when, whenever I do a podcast I always like to to do a bit of reading up about them to see what happened to them and whatever and I was actually quite shocked because um, to me when I think of the sneaker pimps and I, and I showed you this lady yesterday and you were quite impressed I think would be a word um, the lead singer at the time of uh, uh, this record is a lady called uh, Kelly Daytona Dayton sorry Kelly Dayton I think she, she now sings under the name Kelly L.E. Uh, A-L-I. Uh, she's got a new album out, actually. I listened to a couple of tracks um, yesterday. Very good, I thought. Nice. Um, what's, what's, what's amazing is when the Sneaker Pimps um, came out, you know, launched the band, they had a, a very successful debut album, which uh, the two tracks I've mentioned were on, which charted quite well and sold pretty well, I believe. And... Um, 
and, and were a big commercial success. And then for whatever reason, the two founders of the band, who were, who were chaps who'd known each other for quite a long time, uh, they decided that one of them should be the lead singer. And they, and this is actually what it says on on the website, uh, they sacked Kelly as oh, the lead Christ. singer. Um, and then carried on um, as a male band without mm. her um, and sank into oblivion. <laughs> um, and, 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 and obviously, I don't know the full story, but I was actually rather shocked yeah, wow. by this. I just sat there thinking, um, you know, I, I say maybe this woman was very difficult or who knows, but it just struck me as a, a sort of a rather male, typical male, <laughs> don't like this, you know, this girl's getting all the attention... You know, we're the clever people, which isn't fair. Yeah. But actually, she was the band. And yeah, I think, yeah. I think history has proved that. The only thing that's quite nice about the story, if that is probably, I don't know, without talking to Kelly, it'd be very difficult to know. We'll have to um, get her on. One of the two guys actually did produce her new album. Oh, okay. So she's obviously... Didn't burn so one the of bridges them, there, then. One of them, obviously, probably she hates, I would <laughs> imagine, and the other one probably has some degree Still of guilt or, with, so or, or something so uh, we're playing out today with Underground by the Sneaker Pimps but do check out Spin Spin Sugar because it's a much more vibrant track and I uh, I think it's really really good mm. yeah enjoy this uh, trip hoppy vibe yeah. it's if it is trip hop yeah. <laughs> sounds a little bit like electronic it. I think yeah but enjoy listeners and we will catch you next time
Is anyone still there? Well, I enjoyed that so much that I think we're going to play Spin Spin Sugar as well. By the same band, hope you enjoy. Double whammy this week. <laughs> 